0: this episode eric don and bruce talk all about dave Barry, baseball's the show and daily ink monsters hey if you like what you hear and you'd like to support us you can go to patreon.com obg everything that comes in from there goes to cover our monthly podcasting costs which we appreciate thanks
1: Welcome to another episode of the Inverse Genius Fortnightly. I'm Donald Dennis, and I'm obligated to say that because Bruce is here with me.
2: Oh my God! It's the Donald Dennis.
1: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, and and, and, uh, and joining us,
0: yes,
2: is because we're doing the old school. We're doing the main lineup, the full A team, on uh, none other than one Doctor Eric Dewey.
0: That is right. From a high on my ivory tower here, I am here to make sure that we bring some culture and class to this monkey circus.
1: Thank
2: goodness someone's doing
1: it. He can say (laughs) that because this is not a video podcast and you can't see from from he records.
0: That is true. I
1: am. I am. One one of us looks like we're in Vegas. The other one uh, looks like you're in a storage closet and I look like I'm being attacked by Max Hedrum.
0: I am wearing (laughs) my Bucky's hoodie here.
1: Oh, I'm so jealous. So
0: very Nice.
1: Ah, yeah. Well, uh, so um, speaking of Bucky's, does anybody have any old stuff we've talked about that we want to talk about yet again?
0: Eric, you went to Bucky's. I did go to Bucky's. I, 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 I'll do one better. I made a road trip to Texas just to go to Bucky's, (laughs) down and back one day with my (laughs) daughter and my wife. We went some other places as well, but Bucky's, let's be honest, was the main attraction. And, um, it was, it was crazy busy. It was a Sunday. It was crazy busy. The both times we went there now recognize people. We only spent a total of like two and a half hours in McKinney, Texas, right? (laughs) We went to (laughs) Bucky's twice. Um, and We've proven my wife and I are not allowed to go to Bucky's Unsupervised anymore because as we were checking out, the lady was like, oh, man, it's crazy here at Bucky's today. I was like, yeah. I and mean, we kind of went crazy, too. And we pull the stuff off and the cashier's like, oh, you did go crazy. I was like, oh, man, if the Bucky's <laughs> cashier thinks we went oh, too nice. far. then..." And then uh, 161 bucks later, we walked out with our beef jerky and our beaver nuggets and our overbites and our Bucky's earrings. And yeah. All kinds of great stuff.
1: <laughs> I don't see you wearing your earrings. Is it just because they're in the headset there? Yeah, or what?
0: yeah that's it exactly. No, they're on my wife and daughter's ears. <laughs> gotcha. Fair, fair, fair. But, fair. Uh, I, I do have one other thing. If you, if you don't have a Bucky's comment.
1: No, I don't have another Bucky's comment. We know my love for
0: Bucky's. We can move along. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I did finish Stargirl this week. And... Got to tell you, loved every minute of it. And the best part was, apparently mm-hmm. they knew that it was uh, ending. So the final season, or at least the final episode, they were able to tie up all the storylines and even say, you know, 10 years in the future, this is what happens. So it was a very satisfying uh, story. That's nice.
1: I actually started watching Stargirl. And uh, we're, I don't know, five or six episodes in, maybe a little more than that. And it's, it's fun, light viewing. It's like, I kind of want to watch something with television. I don't want to think too hard. I don't want to sit down for a movie. And so that will fill that hole between other things that I'm, that I'm watching. So yep, uh, I can agree with I, that. it's not bingeable for me. I, I don't think I could sit down and watch like seven episodes in a row. Yeah. But, but I like it. It's fun.
0: Cool. 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 Bruce,
1: have you watched any star girl?
2: I have not. I probably should, because it's in that same universe with the Flash and all that yep. stuff, right? It's, it's in, in that the CW like, universe. DC TV universe. I At the beginning of all of that, I watched a lot of it, and then it became overwhelming. It started yes. to feel <laughs> like a job. It was like four hours of content a week to keep up, and I just fell apart. Once the one that had Captain Cold as a good guy and all that, I just dropped out from that point. And I should get back to it. It was all very good.
0: Well, I will say the Legends of Tomorrow, which is where the head Captain yep. Cold is a good guy. Great show. Wacky show. Don't take it too seriously because yep. it certainly doesn't take itself too seriously. Because um, that was it, my problem is with Arrow. sort of Arrow. betrayal
1: at House in the Hill of, uh, yeah, of TV shows. A superhero. Yeah, yeah.
0: Because <laughs> that was part of my problem with Arrow was I got to, like through two seasons of it. It's like grim, dark, 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 grim, dark. And I was like, you know. Yes. And that's fine. They did a good job of it, but that's not what I'm looking for. And so I tend to like that. That's exactly
2: how I feel. I think that's how Superman has been botched so badly in the Uh. movies is like, don't get me wrong. I'm fine with us. You know, after 40 years of making Superman comics that we got to do some grim dark. Is he really of this world? Does he care about us as humans? And, but I don't think like movie number one of a reintroduction (laughs) that needs to be broad daylight in the center of Metropolis with everything happy and cheery with him just punching a bad guy, probably an ugly bad guy, very hard (laughs) and we all cheer and there's a ticker tape parade and the American flag's behind him. And we can get into like, but does this alien have good intention? That can be like (laughs) Superman 6. Right. (laughs) Let Batman be grumbly and dark. Let Superman be bright. And I agree, that was for me a lot of the arrow. I was like, I want to like this so much. I understand conceptually it's compelling storytelling, but like, I just need a break.
1: Yep. Well, (laughs) so you could do, you know, sort of the Superman when he's new to the, new to the scene and people like, Oh my gosh, is he really a good person? Blah, blah, blah. And sort of have the trial by fire be his first movie where afterwards it is obvious to everybody that he has sort of come out of this and he has Lex or whomever at his mercy. And he's just like, you know, I, I'm, I can't judge you. That is not my job or whatever it is. I am here to help. And, and then all of a sudden, then you can elevate Superman beyond mm-hmm. his nemesis at that point. And that's why all the other villains or whoever just get so aggravated with us. Like he's so powerful. Cause I like old Superman before he leveled up, Yeah, you know, back when he could merely leap tall buildings in a single bound. And <laughs> when he would dodge, when people were throwing guns at him, that kind of Superman, <laughs> you know, uh, Agreed, so. but anyway, all right, um, yeah. So that's all cool. Uh, check out uh, Stargirl, which I guess is where we came from. <laughs> uh, I am gonna, I am gonna, I am gonna look back. Previously, I had talked about uh, Jazz's Artie Art Box and uh, his Miniatures Box and his Inky Box and stuff like that. Well, uh, probably to nobody's surprise, uh, he came out with uh, the Pro Sketch Pack, uh, which is a neat little sketchbook case that has got a couple of actual sketchbooks in it. It's got a bunch of pencils. It's got uh, some water-soluble graphite pencils. It's got a water pen that you can use then to smear that around. It comes with a, hey, you've got this new sketch thing. If you're intimidated at starting, here's some stuff that you can do in it. And it's got a small variety of markers to go with the markers that he's had in his previous set. But if you are looking to spend $100 on a really cool case that will hold all of your pencils and pins that you need to do your basic light sketching um, and a couple of sketchbooks. Then I recommend that it has been pretty, I just got it recently. I played around with a little bit. The quality is all superb, or at least it seems at this point, I haven't gotten too far into the books. So, uh, but it seems like they're going to hold up and I'm just super happy uh, between that and who I'm going to talk about later in the show. I'm all ready to get arting. Um. And uh, but yeah, so Jazz's Pro Sketch Pack it is limited availability. So go and check that out. If you just search Jazz's Sketch Pack, you'll probably be able to find it. Or look in the show notes. Sounds good. So there you have it. Uh, but um, so anybody else? No one else is looking back. Uh, we're gonna make Eric look forward. What what you got to talk about today?
0: All righty. So have you? I assume you've heard of a man named Dave Barry. A humorous yes. writer for the Miami name. Herald. Yes. Okay. Yep. yep. Dave Barry has written many, 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 many books. Most of them are the funny kind of, oh, have you ever noticed this kind of goofy stuff? Or, you know, he lives in Miami. So this is the funny Florida stuff. Uh, in fact, if I'm not mistaken. Peter Pan, right? I don't know about Peter Pan. Okay. so Continue. If, Never mind. If I'm not mistaken, uh, Bruce, you actually read the best state ever book, uh, sort of The Florida Man? Maybe not. Yes where he goes to different kitschy little touristy traps and he and he rates them by on those those wax mold machines, the mold o No, I've literally, oh.
2: I've not heard of this and clearly I, it's a thing I should have read.
0: Okay, well, let me back up a second before I talk to what I really want to talk about. But yeah, he wrote a book called Best State Ever where he kind of goes around Florida to hit a bunch of these kind of kitschy touristy areas and he rates everything in... Uh, Moldomatics, which if you're of a certain yes! age, you'll remember these machines in these in zoos and stuff, or you put in your money and it like puts wax in this mold and mm-hmm. then out comes whatever. I had the the, the the chimpanzees that see no evil, hear no evil. I remember that or something like anyway. So the there's like the mermaid diving show, which I know you're familiar with.
2: I, not only am I familiar with the Wiki Watch <laughs> Mermaids, I have the Moldomatic from there oh. <laughs> from when I went like 10 years ago.
0: Perfect, perfect. Well, then yeah, you, you, definitely, yep. you definitely should read Best State Ever. The best part is when he and another guy go to a shooting range to shoot automatic weapons and they're talking about, because Dave's a pretty, he's a hippie, he's a left-leaning kind of guy, yeah. and they're talking yeah. about, You know, this is terrible, but we're shooting machine guns. This is so freaking awesome. Just the whole kind of dichotomy (laughs) of like, I shouldn't like this, but this is just the most amazing thing ever. Uh, So Mm -hmm. it's a pretty funny book. Uh, So anyway, that's for you, Bruce. Best state ever. Um, Done. Check out your local library. But what I really wanted to talk about was Dave Barry's uh, forays into fiction. So he's written multiple okay. books, and he's, he's also co-written with some of them. So the first one he did was called "Big Trouble." It actually turned into a movie with I've seen uh, the movie, yep with Tim Allen and a whole bunch of other people, Patrick Warburton, mm-hmm. that unfortunately, since the main plot revolved around a bomb on a plane and it happened right after 9/11, uh, mm-hmm. you know the movie, the movie ended up getting postponed indefinitely, then they finally came out and it didn't go anywhere, but it was still a good version of the book. Uh, and then he had another one called Tricky Business. There's one called Lunatics, in- Insane City, Swamp Story. But what he does what to, does a great job of is having these wacky characters. Uh, and all of them kind of come from disparate areas. And by the end of the book, they're all in the same place having to deal with whatever the plot is. It's kind of okay. a Guy Ritchie thing with yeah. a, a, a little lighter uh, air to it, I guess is probably it the would best have way to, be. to put it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, And so I've read uh, at least four or five of these books. The Swamp City one I haven't read yet, or Swamp Story, but the rest of them I've had. And they're not related in any way other than kind of the same style. But he just does such a great job with these wacky characters that kind of end up You know, we've got the mob boss and the woman who's uh, always eating vegan food. And so she has like uh, terrible flatulence and and somehow or another, they end up, you know, in the same casino boat running away from drug dealers because of whatever else happens kind of thing. And and it's, Hmm. uh, I, I strongly encourage checking out some of Dave Barry's fiction just because it is a lot of fun and I find them to be funny and very well written.
2: Nice. And as yes. I recall, I feel like I saw Big Trouble, I mean, forever ago, probably yeah. reasonably 20 years ago.
0: That sounds And I recall right.
2: really liking it. I I might go watch it again uh, right now, right in this weekend. Yeah. Uh, just to remind myself.
0: Well, yeah. just yep. in case you need more motivation, of course, Tim Allen's the main character. Renee mm-hmm. Russo is his wife. Um, Jason Lee is sort of this homeless guy. Uh, Tom Sizemore, who is going to pass away soon was one of the bad guys. Um, and, but Gene Garofalo and Patrick Warburton are the police officers and Patrick Warburton is just as awesome as he nice. always is. So anyway, I encourage you to check out so, Dave Barry's fiction. He did in fact, write,
1: uh Peter and the star catchers and a few other Peter Pan books, or at least there is a Dave Barry who did that. I'm assuming it's the same one.
0: I would assume so as well. Are they uh, kids books, young adult books, or are they adult? Uh,
1: YA, yeah.
0: YA. That's Yeah, because I know he has some YA series as, as well, uh, but I haven't uh, haven't dove into those. But yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, like I say, check them out. If you're looking for it's a lighter read, but they're really well done. Um, books I've read multiple times, gone back. And uh, so check them out. That's what I got to That's, say. don't
2: forget if you're out there. If it, I don't know if it's on streaming anywhere, but there was, what was it, Dave's World? Oh, Dave's World the with documentary. Harry Anderson? Yes.
0: Yes, that was a really good show. And man, his wife was pretty in that in that show, too.
2: <laughs> Indeed. Uh, it was also what kind of reminded me that Dave Barry was out there. Because at the, that point, like da- people knew Dave Barry, but nobody really thought about Dave Barry. He was just kind of there. Right. And then once that show hit, everybody was like, oh, I should check out more Dave Barry. I remember I worked, I think, at a bookstore at some point while that was running. And that's what led people to start like reading Dave Barry's stuff.
0: Yeah. Was yeah, that yeah.
2: the TV show?
0: And just as an yeah, I don't know if that's available
2: anywhere, but if you can find it.
0: Yeah, Damn. definitely. As a fun aside, he and uh, Stephen King and a few other uh, authors, whenever they were together in uh, book conventions, would actually make a band. They had a band, and they would – I yep. forget what they were called, like the second – The
2: Rock Bottom Remainders. That
0: was it. Yes, the Rock Bottom Remainders. And yeah, so they would have their yep. own band.
2: Because <laughs> it had them, and then I'm trying to remember – I can't remember the author's name that wrote the Joy Luck Club.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not Tam, is it? She-
2: uh, uh, he, uh Amy Tan?
0: Yeah, I think. Well, gee, it feels like-
2: right, but I think she was their lead singer as I recall.
0: <laughs> that sounds yeah, Amy Tan, that's who wrote it.
2: Yep.
1: There you go.
0: Oh, hey, very cool. cool. There nice. you go.
1: Bruce, what you, what you sh-
2: got? Shall I jump in? So, uh this is kind of a looking back at stuff. So, uh, a couple times last year I mentioned my ongoing obsession with MLB The Show. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. the the video game of Major League Baseball. I want to talk about it again for just a second, but for things I think you wouldn't expect from a sports game that they're doing this year. So let's just cover, like, everything else is normal, entirely too much sports. Uh, Do you want simulations? Yeah. Do you want the sound of a bat hitting a ball perfectly? They've sure digitized that. Do you want trading cards? I spent 16 days collecting trading cards (laughs) in that game to build the perfect team. Uh, Sure. What they've done this time is... So one thing I have always thought that board games did very well is edutainment, right? Mm -hmm. There are so many different topics I wouldn't have thought about in the same way had there not been a board game at some point dedicated to them. Uh, For me, the one I always think about is Twilight Struggle. Playing Twilight Struggle made me see the Cold War in a completely different way that yeah. I would not have looked at it before. I never would have thought about, you know, helping the Contras in Central and South America as a way to push back against the Russians. Be like, I just never would have thought of that until I had to employ it in a board game. So I feel like I you don't see video games do that all the time, especially in a sports title. You will every once in a while see them delve into a little bit of history, uh, but nothing that I think would be, uh, you know, that would, um, like you would dedicate a museum to. They'll sort of say like, hey, Michael Jordan was an amazing player and let's go through the 17 seasons of Michael Jordan's career or LeBron James is amazing. Or if you're a wrestling fan, they've done retrospectives on like John Cena's career, but they usually pick one person and they stick with them. Uh, What they are doing this time is they've actually teamed up to do a storylines mode in the show, and they are working with the Negro League Baseball Museum to actually make a running documentary you're going to play. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first season of it, which they've released, is all about the Kansas City Monarchs. (laughs) Uh, They've put up two videos about the Monarchs that I think are important to talk about number one and through the whole documentary you like play some scenes where you're a player on the monarchs and you do whatever you need to do and then they give you another cut scene to learn more about the team and the talking head through the whole thing is the president of the negro league museum and i can't i can't remember his name but he's like everything you see if there's an xm channel about it where he's the talking head through all that he's sort of the guy you pull out if you need to find that history he's been an amazing ambassador for the museum and for the leagues in general. Um, part of the reason that Major League Baseball added all of the records from the Negro Leagues is because he kept pushing for it, which makes one very interesting scenario. One Mr. Hank Aaron technically is still the home run leader of all time because once you added his Negro League home runs to his Major League Baseball home runs, he is the person with the most home runs in the history of baseball. He took that back. They don't talk about it a ton. He did not have the most in Major League Baseball history, but he did have the most in professional baseball history because they added in all of the records from the Negro Leagues. Another thing you learn, and this was sort of the teaser video they put out. They said one thing about the Kansas City Monarchs is they said some may say. Say they are the New York Yankees of the Negro Leagues, or if you talk about it properly, you'd say the Yankees are the Kansas City Monarchs of Major League Baseball. <laughs> they were the team that has like every player that you've probably heard of. Uh, I believe Buck O'Neill came out of the Monarchs. Satchel Paige came out of the Monarchs. I'm trying to look to see the the list of players, but uh, Jackie Robinson came out of the Monarchs. Oh, er- I know that one came. Exa- <laughs> I mean, like we're talking about people that even you've heard of donald yes another uh and they put out a couple of short videos to kind of show you what this will be and the other one i thought was super fascinating and really got me on it was the negro leagues invented night baseball because of the situations they had to deal with no one would like let them buy a ballpark so they would have to rent the ballparks from the white teams on the weekends and often they would be packed into having to do it on Sunday because none of the white teams wanted to play on the day you went to church. So what they would do is, is they'd run a double header. They'd run the first game after church. And then they actually put together these giant light cars where it was like a whole st- like giant <laughs> light bar that would come off the back right. of a flatbed truck and set up. And obviously because you couldn't own the stadium, you weren't going to give them the lights for free. Right. So they would like move these trucks from stadium to stadium through the South, wherever they had to go. But that is completely an invention of the Negro leagues. And that's why we have night baseball. So that's the kind of stuff that we are led to believe this will be covering, uh, which I think is just super exciting. And I think it's a neat thing to see a video game, uh, be the thing to do this.
0: Yeah, it is. That is cool. So I'm
2: just super excited. Those players are now going to be added to the teams, all of the, you know, if you're already, you know, the baseball nerd, that's going to play, you're going to get those jerseys and stuff that are going to be available. All those older stadiums are going to come and play, but more importantly, there's now a storyline mode, which they have not had before, and that's exactly what it's going to cover. Uh, it, it says, I'm reading it on my screen here, Storylines, Storylines presents Who Are the Kansas City Monarchs? Uh, and that's literally what it's going to do, is run you through those famous players uh, in the league and how things had to happen and why they had to happen and what they did. And I just think it's super exciting to see that. I hope this is the first of several years of them doing this and exploring more teams and how that history ends up weaving itself eventually into the history of Major League Baseball. That's not very cool.
0: That is cool. That's
1: neat. Yeah. Um, well well super super cool. So are you still playing now or have you given up and you're waiting for the this other part?
2: So MLB the show is and I would say any of these, if you play any of these sports games, they're more software as a service than they are an actual video game. <laughs> they give you through the year, they dribble all this stuff at you, so you'll keep building better and better teams, and eventually you build a monster team, and then you're just like, eh, now what? And that's kind of where I am. I go back to it every once in a while. I find it very relaxing. Having played literally 16 days of it, there's just mm. a certain amount of a t- I can turn my brain off and just go you know, hit some pitches or go throw some balls at some batters for a little while. But as far as like actively playing it, I'm just waiting for the next game to come out and the next chase to start. Uh, anybody that's been in any collectible game knows how that works. And this is uh, literally no different. They build an addiction path and they want you to stay on it until they're done with you. And that's what's happened with the show. But I don't mind it. I had a lot of fun with it. And then once again, if I get to learn a little bit of history, um, I think it's super cool.
0: That is. That is awesome. Yeah.
1: Well, speaking of addiction path. No, wait. Um, we're going to talk about something else. Uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive in here and say, first of all, I'm really thankful for antibiotics. Hooray. Um, I'm still here because of uh, my big old dose that I've been taking the last few weeks. So that's exciting. Uh, but what I'm really excited about, what I want to talk about is art. So we t- talked about the Jazza uh, pack, the pro sketch pack earlier on in the round. I can click that tab close. I'm done talking about you Jazza, go away. Um, <laughs> but I recently discovered an artist who I may have seen a couple of their videos previously during the uh, during the pandemic, but uh, Kim Diaz-Holm um, is on TikTok, on YouTube, on own website that kind of stuff um is an artist who is uh he's sort of well okay there's a little bit of anarchy in many artists right mm-hmm. uh, but um this particular artist uh, kim is is uh anti-capitalistic in a very strong way okay. uh, all of his stuff is available for you to use for free on his website you're just attribute it to them right okay and um the way I found the art was daily ink monster. So you're going to search for that. And, uh, what he does is he splashes ink onto his page and then he creates art out of it. And some of it is goofy and silly. And this was sort of a thing that I I used to do with my nephew way back when, um, actually I did it this in in high school and stuff where I would have people just draw a few lines on a page and then I would sort of create art out of it. Right. I would create a picture using whatever they drew. So this sort of takes me back to that sort of exercise where, um, Kim is sort of, you know, biting into this thing. I've got to indulge my creativity quickly. I'm going to do this. And he says, usually it's between 10 and 20 minutes that he's got a completed piece of art that, that he's done from it. And it, watched. I watched, I think, two or three hours of him just making ink monsters the other day. And (laughs) I am so excited for this. I want to get into art. And then my Jazz's Artie Pro Sketch Pack showed up. I'm like, well, this is like, it's going to happen. And then a friend of mine said, no, I'm very invested in you running ShushCon. You can start (laughs) that nonsense once the convention is over. But uh, you have to put on a convention, sir. You cannot just dive into your art hole and uh and what have you but so um, yeah go check this out uh it's 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 a stream that you can just sort of put on in the background while you're doing something else or uh, if, if you're deeply into art like i am just watch it and sort of see how he messes with shadow with color with finding shapes that you don't see there uh but it's not all untouched ink blots because he does have a white pen that he'll You know, or paintbrush that he will go through and and add some extra stuff and he has to. But uh, just a fabulous, fabulous artist that I'm super excited about. And we're going to use some of his art at SheshCon for one of our activities that we're doing there. And um, I actually hope to send him some laser cut versions of the the stuff of his art that we've used. But yeah, you can buy prints as well. I mean, uh, he's got a Patreon and, and all the other stuff. But he's also very generous in saying, yes, you can just use my stuff. Do the thing. That is I'm cool. going to
2: ask because I was looking it up once you first said it. Is this Stefan G. Butcher? Butcher?
1: Nope. Kim Diaz Holm. Huh. And it is a daily ink monster, not ink monster. Okay. But the website, his website is, oh gosh. Do you, do you, he's? I don't think English is the first language. Is it? Uh, is it home That's the one, yes.
2: Very that's good. I would say put that in because on a search of Daily Ink Monster you find someone else who is clearly trying to make as much money as possible off of this concept. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: And, and while he's drawing, uh, he'll talk about stuff. Like, he's got a um, uh, He's bipolar, right? And he'll talk through uh his swings through you know, that, or like I couldn't do art today, but I have to do art because it's the daily ink monster. And so maybe it'll be a super small, short one. But it's also, you know, some of the, those are some of the more touch-touching ones. Uh, you know, and if he does a mythological figure for one of his pieces, because not all he does is just the daily ink monsters, he'll talk a little bit about you know, some of the source for this mythology or whatever. And it's, mm-hmm. it's all stuff that if you need a monster in a hurry for your role playing game, a uh, different podcast, I know, uh, or, you know, then, then you could do worse than to scroll through a couple of pages as ink monsters. And you'll find some super cool dragons some trolls, some, you know, you know, weird looking deer, beholder like stuff, that kind of thing. And, and it's hilarious. Cause he's so anti-copyright. Right. Um, you know, he'll get people asking him to do stuff. He's like, yes, I could do. I could theoretically I have the skill to draw a Pokemon or a Mickey Mouse, but I'm not going to. And then he starts drawing, I guess, what could be called a parody of a Pokemon <laughs> or or a Mickey Mouse. And as he goes through and does the drawing of it and then he tears it up when he's done, he's like, but I can't do that because that would be, I would get in trouble for that you know <laughs> it's, uh, full full of full of opinions uh, you know so yeah a lot of
2: this stuff is very cool I'm looking at it right now there's like a job of the hut with Mickey Mouse ears
1: mm-hmm.
2: that has drawn me there's one that is I'm sure legally not Godzilla mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that is super cool and he then there's a done lot several of nightmare fuel
1: Yes. oh <laughs> yes there's some serious yeah. nightmare fuel um, he did a Cthulhu and a tutu, um, nice. and in a Santa hat, but, uh, it's like nine 10 can't do what Pokemon, um, don't, uh, yeah, which is a really, really scary looking Pikachu kind of thing. Nice. So, um, yeah, check our show notes and folks, I know that sometimes some podcatchers don't get all of our show notes for some reason. So, um, you go to the web website, the inverse genius website and look in the show notes for this episode, you'll be able to find the link to that. the link to the jazz a pack, the link to uh, you know, the books that Eric was talking about and probably uh, to uh, you know, sports video games that Bruce talks about. I like it. So that's it. Uh, did Eric. Did you look at any of this or do you just like uh, the guy's an anarchist? I'm not having anything to do with him.
0: No, 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 uh, it's 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 like looking at painted miniatures and you realize, yeah, I'm happy with what I can do, but I can never do that.
2: <laughs> yes, hmm. there is. This definitely reminds me of and I talked about it on here forever ago. Drawfy, which is sort yes. of a comedy improv drawing uh, YouTube channel. And it's the same. I agree. Like the fact that these were just a blob of pa- of of ink that hit the can uh, the hit the paper, and he did this. Yeah, this is an other world. This is like a superpower. <laughs> right. when you can draw like that when you can do art like this. It's a whole other part of your mind. i ca- I can't imagine if I had this picture trying to replicate <laughs> this picture, much less from a random blob of ink <laughs> making this happen. I agree. Well,
1: okay, so I I definitely hear what you're saying. But, the, and and if I, whenever I do a piece of art, I immediately hate it, right? <laughs> um, but I look at some of his stuff and I'm like, this is the kind of stuff I think, I think I could do. But maybe it's because I've got the, you know, I don't have to worry about it being anatomically correct as long as it looks cool and it sort of pushes forth a theme, right? Yes. Um, or a feeling. Because a lot of his stuff, you know, you're like, well, that's not how fingers work, But you're like, oh no, but that is creepy as all get out. (laughs) And, and uh, that's the kind of stuff I can, I can do a lot. But then he also shows in some of his other videos that he has got uh, actually all the skills he would need. So.
2: Yeah. There's like, there's one here that's a face made of faces. I both couldn't think of it, nor could I draw it. Nor have you said to me, Bruce, (laughs) I just want you to bring the conceptual idea of a face constructed of faces. I don't think I could get anywhere. Yep. Remotely close here, and that's why it's like magic to me.
0: Yep, I'm with you on that.
2: Yep, but some really cool stuff here,
0: which makes once Dawn again a, a lot wizard. of it's very
2: much nightmare <laughs> fuel. Beware yeah. of that.
0: Yep, all righty. I am really excited that I get to talk to you guys, and I am uh looking forward to the next time that opportunity comes up,
2: indeed. Thank you so much for having me. I will uh, make my final note about my video game I talked about, which is if you don't like sports, it is not going to change your religion. Do not go to, uh, some, I've talked about some sports things. Where I'm like, if you hate <laughs> sports, you're still going to be good with this. This video game is a hundred percent, not one of those. If uh, sports are absolutely not your scene, but you're willing to get into history, wait until somebody has put the historical bits and the parts of the uh, documentary up online and just watch
1: those.
0: Yeah, that makes sense
1: let's wrap this up i guess hey guys go and check out these things check out our website check out all our stuff over on inversegenius.com and you can find out all about our other shows like Onboard games and well that's pretty much it you can go find out about Onboard games so anyway i'm donald dennis and i am here with i'm bruce vogue and eric dewey and uh yeah thank you all for listening uh goodbye everybody
0: That's it for this episode of the Inverse Genius Podcast. The Inverse Genius Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 License. Thank you.